Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. Now the apostles and believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to the uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord. For nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced, and they praised God, saying, Then God has given everything to the Gentiles, the repentance that leads to life. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except the Jews. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today's passage from Acts talks about the importance of dietary restrictions in the first century church. And it reminded me of a phase I went through several years ago where I watched an unhealthy number of food documentaries. I kid you not hours of my life learning about Monsanto and all these laws around seeds and farms, the ethical practices of harvesting, the process of raising different types of livestock, the benefits of drinking fresh juices. 
Like, really? You can ask Andrew, my husband. I had a problem. And this was right after we got married. And I would then change my diet based on all of this new information I was learning. And let me tell you, he loved that part. But it's not just me. A lot of people adopt all kinds of diets or healthy lifestyles. We have vegetarians and vegans and Whole30 and keto and goes on and on and on. We live in a culture of consumerism and fad diets. Things are always changing on a whim. So it might be a little difficult for us to fully understand the importance of the dietary laws of the early church. They were not simply a matter of cultural preference. Many people in the first century church believed that the good news of Jesus applied only to Jews who kept kosher. So in our text today, we learn that Peter has not only been eating with Gentiles, but he also stayed in their houses He even befriended this guy named Simon, who was a tanner and by the law of Moses is labeled unclean. And to make matters worse, not only does Peter befriend Gentiles and he eats with them, he baptizes them. Let's try that again. And to make matters worse, not only does Peter befriend Gentiles and eat with them, he baptizes them. Thanks, Ryan. (laughs) Remember, these religious codes aren't just for cultural differences or preferences. They are a huge deal. The dietary laws marked faithfulness as they knew it. So it makes sense that the Jewish believers criticized Peter as soon as he made his way back to Jerusalem. Like Peter didn't even have time to take off his coat and shoes, y'all. They were on him. No issue was more debated by early Christians or more important to them than whether their newfound faith was intended only for Jews or whether it was to include Gentiles who did not follow the Jewish law. The circumcised believers were critical of Peter, asking, why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? I read that passage, and it can almost visualize the disgust on their faces. Because what disturbed the circumcised believers most was the table fellowship with Gentiles. Entering their homes, breaking bread at their tables. What a scandal. For real. (laughs) And sitting here today with this table set, the bread we're going to break, the cup we will share This table where we invite and welcome all people, I'm not lost on the juxtaposition of this passage. I'm also challenged. What standards or beliefs or understandings of faith am I holding so tightly to that it excludes people, separates us, or casts judgment? Peter is confronted by these Jewish leaders And verse 4 says, step by step, Peter explained what happened. He tells a story of the transformational acts of God in the lives of others. 
about his vision of God telling him three times to never consider unclean what God has made pure. The Spirit's nudge to go and meet with these Gentile brothers, to eat with them, to teach them in the ways that God showed up. And what's incredible is that once the apostles and other believers heard this, they calmed down. They praised God and concluded, so then God has enabled Gentiles to change their hearts and lives so that they may have new life. Like, okay, settled, easy peasy. I think there's probably a little more nuance than that, and it probably wasn't as clear-cut as this passage makes it seem. I can't imagine that these Jewish believers were immediately okay with such a significant change in their beliefs, like literally hundreds of years of history. But whether it was messier than Scripture lets on or not, we have a lot to learn from this passage in Acts. And today I want us to focus on the significance of stories. The way these Jewish believers listened, even when they did not agree. The way that Peter shared his life experience. How these Gentiles showed grace and they welcomed Peter into their home. The eyes wide open to see where God was in the midst of it all. Stories change hearts and lives because stories are powerful. And stories are powerful because stories are relational. Peter didn't just eat once with these Gentiles and go along his merry way. He stayed at their house. He got to know them. And though their life experience and way of coming to Christ was completely different than his own, he knew that God's desire for inclusiveness was greater than any dividing lines. Our stories connect us with one another. They connect us to how each of us experience life and how each of us experience God. They allow us to relate to one another in ways that theology and debates never could. Stories, stories make room for empathy. They give us insight into where people are coming from. Peter's story was transformational. His life was transformed. Cornelius and the Gentile believers' lives were transformed. The Jewish believers were transformed. And ultimately, the future of the entire Christian church was transformed. We are sitting here today because of the welcome of Gentile believers. So this morning, as we gather around a table, break bread, share in a cup, partake in this meal. I'm willing to bet that there are people sitting next to you of whom you disagree. We all gather with baggage, the ways that the world has beat us up. We hold close to our hearts, our own traditions, our own stories of transformation. Life is messy and complicated and we don't actually have it all figured out. So let us not underestimate the power of God's transforming grace that meets us here, that meets all of us here. Poet, pastor, and professor Thomas Troger puts it this way. 
Look who gathers at Christ's table. See the stories that they bring. Some are weeping, some are laughing, some have songs they want to sing. Others ask why they're invited, burdened by the wrongs they've done. Christ insists that all are welcome. There is room for everyone. So bring your joy and bring your sadness and prepare to be surprised by the host whose hands are wounded, who will open up your eyes. When he blesses bread and breaks it, truth and manna from above, and then passes wine that waken in your heart the taste of love. This is the one place on the planet that regardless of what the world says, you are welcome exactly as you are, and your story matters. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.